0: See, I'm back to remind everyone here just who I am. See, I'm back to find the person who broke my leg and make sure they pay. Because I'm still the biggest. I'm still the baddest. I am the beast. Oh, yeah, see, yeah. And I'm back for what's mine. the AWA World Heavyweight Wrestling Championship. Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of the Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling Podcast. This is your host, Mr. Green, and I have got the coverage, the review of the latest, one of the latest episodes of WOW. This is um, episode 53, which goes into their new season, and I will be specific and say episode 53 if you're counting just chronologically, episode two hundred one. If we're going by television numerals, <clears throat> of course two hundred one being the representation of their second season. Anyway, uh, so the first thing that we notice here when this show kicks off is that they have redone um, the intros and and some graphics and whatnot. Not mad at that at all. Not mad at that at all. I am. Pleased to see that they have that. Um, one of the other things that I know is just going into this is that I kind of by default got the thing that I was asking for, even though they didn't make the decision to do, to do that. It just happened because A.J. Mendez left or she chose not to renew her contract. We'll just I'll put it in those terms. Uh, so AJ Mendez is gone That's probably one of the first things That should be noted here I did bring it up when she uh, Essentially put out her own press release Via her social media That she was not going to renew That is not to say that she closed the door To going back to WoW But she, um, she chose not to go back in for a second season Now before I go into the, the review of the show I think it's safe to say at this point That that was a fail By WoW And at least in terms of being in front of the camera We do not know how much Effort or work or this that and the other That she did behind the scenes And she might have did a ton of it But on camera where she would have been In my opinion the most useful Fail They had her as a commentator But they still But I can't even say they Dave McClain stuck himself in the booth anyway When it would have been More Uh not convenient But it would have done more for, for them as a commentating team Just to have Mendez and Dickey But of course we, Dave McClain had to be in there somehow had, had to shoehorn a third person in Just because he had to shoehorn a third person in And that third person was him uh, It should have been a case of Hey we we have a former world champion They didn't have to mention WWE they didn't have to go in there by name But she has name recognition She had, I've talked about this She had name recognition She had value There was a good chance That she could have been leveraged To get some eyes of people Who probably don't watch WoW To start to maybe look at it And get the, the, the ears of the wrestling world Paying attention to WoW Or at least a portion of them And get some of the eyes of the wrestling world paying attention to while, wow. they should have done as much as humanly possible with aj mendez and the, and the stop at the top of that list should have been are you willing to do a match now that was probably going to be a far cry it was a long shot at best but i'd have asked and if i could have got Gina, i was like you need to back this truck up to her house give us give us some money to get her in this ring if she wasn't going to do that and these are all things i've said i'm just Doing a recap of my own pitch If it was going to be that it's, Then it should have been the sit down interview The sit down interview for AJ Mendez It cover a couple of points Why you left wrestling Don't say WWE Why you left wrestling What have you been doing In the time that you've been gone For about 6 to 7 years Why did you choose to come back to wrestling And how did you come to Want to work with WOW ended on the on the on the note that she can get her to put the company over. But it's a two-person booth now it is uh, David McClain and Stephen Dickey. Nothing drastically wrong with that. I but I do prefer to have somebody who's gonna provide a different voice. I David McClain and Stephen Dickey Basically share the same voice. There's not a lot of contrast there. And you and by most cases you're probably not going to get a lot of contrast there. Did Steven Dickey is going to agree with Dave McClain? Dave McClain is going to tell Stephen Dickey what he's supposed to say. And that's likely where that's going to go from here on out. And that's where it's been. So <laughs> let's get into the show. The first thing that they had this first segment is that the Beast returned to the promotion. And she cut a promo. I, I was pleasantly surprised with that because one of my major complaints that the company has had over the course of the last year is that nobody talks about anything. They don't cut promos and they certainly don't cut promos Uh, towards the person that they have some sort of rivalry with they they speak very vaguely or they did they spoke very vaguely and some of them mastered the art of saying a lot of things without actually saying anything at all it's like i can i can give you a bunch of words but it's not directed towards any particular person or event or thing but here the beast custom promo her promo pretty much ignores the injury and the triple threat and it just addresses well somebody busted my leg in the parking lot whereas i am uh happy that she came a she returned b that she came in with a a purpose she came in talking about her injury and essentially you know that she once come out the title, but I think that was expected. But the injury became a thing, and I'm, I'm glad they didn't ignore that. Even though they ignored that, the initial break took place in the triple threat. And this seems to be the kickoff of her revenge angle because now she's allegedly going to go out to the person that broke her ankle, even though, you know, I didn't know that she was a detective and she'll be able to figure it out, but we'll, you know, find that out as years will. years Let's try that again. We'll find that out in the upcoming weeks, hopefully, you know, and not months. Uh, But yeah, she acknowledged the attack and, you know, there's, I should say, new graphics for the lower thirds, new graphics for the matchups. These are much better. Much, much better. The first match that we have on the show is the returning Adriana Gambino taking on Jennifer Flores. And uh, she looks... A lot more toned and a lot more tanned. Looks like she's been working out. She looks great. I, I mean, I, I I liked Gambino when she was there initially to begin with, and I thought the team of Adriana Gambino and and Gigi Gianni was was a team that they could have built around and worked on focus. Uh, she still she she looks better to me now. And, you know, and like I said, looks like she's been working out looking like she's tan and and stuff like that. I, just before I go into the match, I also have to point out that, you know, the commentators look like they're green screened even though they aren't. It's just, it, it is a practical sign that's behind them, but it looks like they shot that on green screen just because of the, the way the neon kind of glows behind them and, and how they are up front of that a little bit. So, yeah, it's, it's a... It's, it's a little weird looking, but but it's, it's fine. <sighs> I'm almost completely convinced that the Wow either sells these Thunderclapper things like super duper cheap or they just give them out. Because a lot of people in them crowd, they always have those Thunderclappers. Or maybe that's the one merchandise item that they have, I don't know. But anyway, the person that... Uh, Gambino's going up against here is Jennifer Flores, gen-, gen Z Flores and of course the Gen and Gen Z for Jennifer is you know, J-E-N opposed to G as in generational ah, nice play on words there, right? Okay. um while, of course they, they have to start going in and trying to give backstory and and uh personality and and, I don't, you know, I don't like using character, they, the, the term characters when I talk about wrestlers. But, uh, um, yeah, they, they they start building off on the character of uh, Adriana Gambino and making claims that she's part of the Gambino crime family. Now, she might be. I don't know. I haven't done any research on, on her as to where her actual blood lineage is. Uh, but if it were, I'm like, okay, I don't know how much that I'm going to keep bringing up. All the time. In fact, I was like, I, I don't know if I want to even get that kind of press <laughs> to the Gambino crime family if that were the case. Um, but, I mean, not to say that they're going to be in trouble or anything. Like, they're going to get a hit put out on them. Just, you know, keep uh, keep your universe within your universe unless you can actually do something to address, you know, their outside world. Like, I, I sincerely doubt that the camera's are going to go to the actual Gambino crime family for them to verify or look at it like, hey, it's our niece. You know you know what I'm saying? I, I don't think that they, that's ever going to take place. They can make up somebody, but I don't think that they're going to, you know, uh, actually try like, hey, let's, let's go talk to your uncle if that was, you know, a real thing. Uh, the crowd looks lively here. And I, I'm thinking that this probably was the beginning of the night, or something along those lines. That you know, most of them look pretty engaged, to you know, to some degree. It's, it the more I watch WoW and the more I look at the front row, and I, you know, I pay attention to the audience, it does come off like they have begun to attract more children to the shows, opposed to. Adults, I see you know couples and kids and you know stuff like that. It it feels like there's a bunch of kids that ask their parents, "Can we go?" Or or their parents say, "Hey, we're going to go to the TV tape and let's you know let's let's go to the thing." But yeah, it it it, it, it comes across that way to me just visually. Uh, it, this was a nice match. It's a good welcome back for Adriana Gambino. Um, is still. Tall, as, as it relates to the, the other girls, very lean. Uh, st- Still got her little, I guess, mafioso gimmick or whatever you want to call that. But, but she has maintained that on the independence also. So this is not necessarily a one-off thing or something that was just created by WOW. This is something that she um, does on her own. So in any case, Gambino wins. Good for her that she got her victory on her secondary debut or return, however you want to phrase that, because we all know that Wild was kind of funny about those things. <clears throat> but this was a showcase for Adriana Gambino. That's all. That's all this was. It was. It was her return, and it was her showcase. Pretty much show that she's back in town. Uh, she beats Flores. Ducking underneath a clothesline, catches her with like a cradle neck breaker, and that was it. Clean. Did not have to cheat, so she she popped her clean as a whistle. I I don't know if I would have had her necessarily need to cheat against Jennifer Flores because they they more or less established that Flores is there as a body. She, she, that may change over time, but right now. Flores's job is there to get the other person over, and she did that job fine. Uh, after the match, she cuts a promo, essentially reintroducing herself to the WOW audience. Now, so there's not really much else I can say to it there, but, I'm, but I was not upset with the match. I was, I was perfectly fine with it. I thought they both did a, a fine job. The next thing is it shows outside, next segment I should say, it shows an outside scene of Sofia Lopez and Lana Starr getting out of the same limo. And, of course, this implies that there's some chicanery of some sort going on between the two of them. One of the things I know that uh, Lana Star and Sofia Lopez always look like they're walking towards a camera, which they are, but, but it it doesn't necessarily come off as like we caught them walking around naturally. It just it looks like, okay guys, action. And then they start doing their strut or stride towards <laughs> towards the limo. That's a that's a small thing. Not not a big deal, not a big deal at all. It's just an observation that I wanted to bring up. So I'm not saying that that's bad, but you know, it's just something I noticed. Uh, one of the things that I did notice here that I would say, okay, on the production side, and it's probably only because I'm in production that I would, it would annoy me or, or make me notice it, is that this shot outside was shot against the sun. Now, I don't know what kind of time frame they had or availability they had or what circumstance they they tried to get this under, but shooting against the sun doesn't really help. I mean, it, it, it was visually you know workable for television but if i had to shoot it in a perfect environment it should have been the other way around the sun should have highlighted them you know it it, it should have been the natural light to highlight them i mean they probably could have diffused it a little bit you know depending on what kind of equipment that they have but that that's largely the way that it should have been shot or if they were going to shoot against the sun the sun, excuse me, get some reflective surface there to bounce that light back at them. So, anyway, what do I know? Guys, I'm just, I'm just talking. Next segment is another match. This is Tormenta with Sofia Lopez taking on Fury. Now, I've always had a, Issue with the heel in this case, Pele Lopez coming out shaking hands with the kids and whatnot because it's, it's uh conflicting personalities, and it's not at this point. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it, this isn't going anywhere. It doesn't lead to anything. It's a it's a small no. It's just an unimportant thing that she does, and she if she's gonna be a heel, she needs to stick to being a heel. And, but here, she's doing. It's like an add-on to shaking hands. She's going out, she's uh, handing out her business cards to people that they know full well and never use them. (laughs) Like the kids on the front row, you hand a business card to kids, they don't care. But uh, handing out business cards instead of shaking hands. All right. Next, and, and I will say, Tormenta is always in heel mode, so good on her. But next, her opponent comes out, Fury, and she comes out without either of the heavy metal scissors, not Mesbra or not Razor. And the commentators are implying that she's a singles wrestler now. And then they go and just go into, you know, some of the, the things that took place with the heavy metal scissors that never went anywhere. This is where... Having a long memory of stuff that they did works against the match. The match is fine, but when they when the commentators start trying to explain why Fury is there by herself and why she's a singles wrestler, and, and well, we all knew that the Heavy Metal Sisters were having problems. Like, well, weren't they? Weren't those problems fixed last season? That's what you said then. But here we are, and they, you know, they're doing this, and now she's. Suddenly, by herself, and I, I guess inexplicably, a baby face. We don't know, you know. Just, it, we just have to take the the words of the commentators, which is which I have lost all faith in. Commentators Dickie and McLean do a lot to try to reconstruct whatever histories that. Wild has with certain individuals and angles and storylines. This being one of them. Like I said, I you know at one point, the heavy metal sisters were allegedly having problems. And, and again, keep in mind, these are problems that we never saw. We never saw a blow up with the heavy metal sisters. We never saw where, insta- where instigated this, uh, this alleged problem. We never saw any of those things. It just was, oh, man, and the heavy metal sisters have problems. It's just out of the blue. And then they repaired it, and then it then it just went. Away, now it's gone away again. So now Fury is she's got her own intro video. So I can only assume that the Heavy Metal Sisters are a thing of the past. I don't know. It is a slightly new look for her. The leather jacket, the the little chains. Um, but she's she's still a fury. It is, and it hasn't really ventured off the 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 path all that much. Uh, she also looks like she's losing a little weight and getting a little lean. And um, good on her, you know, good good on her for doing that. I, as a side note, I do wonder where she is on the independence. there was a point in time that she was all over the independence, as, you know, Harlow Harris, the uh, priestess, and all that stuff that she was doing. But then it's like when she got wild that the, the world stopped. <laughs> it's like she's like, I'm never doing another independent again. I mean, I'm just, it's wild TV and that's it. And maybe that is it. You know, maybe maybe that's what you're, because she's not the only one. She's not the only one that made that decision. There's been a couple of them that decided like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm not doing indies anymore. I'm only doing wow. Barbie Hayden made that decision uh, just Jesse Jones made that decision, and, and uh, unofficially, I'll say, you know, Fury looks like she's made that decision as well. But time will tell, and we will see. Not to go into the full on slot of the match, but let's just get to the end here. Tormenta won. You know, <laughs> I mean, I wish I could say it a little better than that, but yeah, Tormenta won. She, she, she got the victory here, and it was with the top rope meteorora. which if there's ever a move that you have to explain it or show somebody like, hey, look, wrestling at some points is about the trust that you have for the person that you're working with, it's moves like that, where the calculation, if that thing is wrong, both of those knees could go driving into somebody's skull but this was uh, this was Tormenta's match. It was a competitive match, but this was to you know get I don't want to say get Tormenta over, but it, it just pretty much put Tormenta into a, a win column. Goes up to see, goes up to the top rope after having sp- kicked Fury. I don't know why I was about to say Razor, but after having kicked Fury in the back. And sitting her down, she gets up, comes down with the meteor, both knees, boom, one, two, three, you're done. And, you know, that was that, was that, and that was fine. Clean win at that. Clean win. You didn't even have Lopez cheating. So the next thing we have is an interview segment with the new face of WOW, or new face on WOW, Nigel Zane, doing the interview. First, thumbs up for that, that they have somebody else to do the interview. I mean, I I was just, I was happy to see that opposed to, let's cut to a clip of David McClain sitting down and talking to, you know, at least it was another body, it was another face, it was somebody else, it was a different voice. So, right, wrong, good, bad, or indifferent, I'm glad that they tried something else, as well as all the new things that they tried within just the course of the show. But Nigel Zane, who, was, who wrestled here as Nigel Sherrod, uh, interviews the Tonga Twins. Wow showed a lot of recap in this segment. And I got no issues with that. I mean, just having a sit down interview was was nice, and it was cool to see it. You know that then, in, in a in a different environment, B, a different person, and see having something that they don't really do all that often. The the old sit down interview with with the champion or the wrestler, for that matter. It didn't really go anywhere necessarily. I mean, it just it just was. Hey, guys, you know we want to introduce you to the champion. I mean, now this isn't verbatim, so don't don't take me for, you know, word for word. But you get what I'm saying here. It was it was just a change of pace, a change of look. But most of that interview is recap. Is 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 not really a lot of the Tonga twins talking. By the time you get down to them talking, you probably have uh, about 20 seconds of them saying something. So it wasn't an interview in, in that we're going to really get in-depth and, hey, what was it like chasing the championship? What did it mean? You know, it wasn't all of that. However, it was still nice to see it. So I'm not going to, you know, give them a hard time about it. Uh, it. It would have. I'll just add this as a, you know, an append it to it. And I'll append this to what I'm saying. It would have been nice if there actually exists a longer version of that interview. And this is how I perceive it, because I can't imagine that they sat down and like, all right, we're just going to do this for two minutes and we're done. I think they should have sat down, done a full on interview, let's just say 10 minutes. Covering their career and wow and their hallmarks over the course of the year. You air two minutes two and a half something like something along those lines, and if you want to see the full thing, go to our wild you know wow dot com or visit our website and yada 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 that that's the only thing I would have done different it would have it would have been a means to try to push my social media or or to get you to go go to it you know something along those lines <clears throat> so that was. Their thing, and we go into the next match following this. Uh, that would be Miami Sweet Heat taking on spring break 24-7. Now, I am sure if you never watched this or listened to me talk about this, but you've watched the show, you know who's gonna win this match. <laughs> You know exactly who's gonna win this match. Now that that's not a bad thing necessarily, but you know. You know who's gonna win this match just when they announced who was in it. <laughs> so, so so I don't think I'm spoiling anything from anybody to say that yes, okay, Miami Sweet Heat won this match. And this more than anything was a showcase for Miami's Sweet Heat. Where they go. Past this point is going to be the real question here because they're already two-time wild tag team champions. It's kind of like the same thing that you have with, say, teams like the New Day and the Usos. Well, I'll say the Usos specifically right now. When you've won the titles over and over and over and over again in the same company, there does get to a point where it's like, oh, what else is there left for me to do? You, you've done it. And the only reason that you got teams like the Usos and New Day that, you know, continue to win that is because at least in their universe, there's multiple variations of tag titles to win. You know, they started, they got there, and they had just the primary tag titles. Then they went to the Raw tag titles and, and SmackDown tag titles and even the NXT tag titles. So, again, you know, it gives them some variation. And, and, and you can even count in, uh, the previous incarnations of those titles when they looked a little different because the lineage is a little different. So, you know, and I only bring that up to say is like they, they have to be careful with where they're going with that because they just can't sit at the top nonstop without anything for them to do of note. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go, but I, I did... Point out to them um, on their Instagram. I was like, I do like the look, the new look that they had, the the outfits that they had made. I I I really I think it makes them look very much like stars within that company, rather than you know you had the contrast of uh, Spring Break Twenty Four Seven, who we don't know anything about. You haven't heard them say anything. They haven't had a single promo. They haven't done you know anything to help educate the audience as to who they are what their motivations are and why they're there or why you should care about them they're just two interchangeable girls in neon outfits who at this point get beat up a lot <laughs> so uh so yeah i just wanted to make note of the of the outfit and and the contrast between the looks of Miami Sweet Heat and, and teams like Spring Break Twenty Seven. not that Spring Break Twenty Seven had a bad look, but, you know, you get what I'm saying here. They don't, they don't really have a persona necessarily. They're, they're just nondescript uh, wrestlers. And the, and the bulk of their personality is in their name. You know, that's pretty much all you know about them is that apparently they, they like to the party and they hang out at the beach. I, you know, that's pretty much all we know about them. And that's an assumption just off of their names being Crystal Waters and Sandy Shore. God, I hate them damn names. Anyway, so <laughs> the offense is a great by There, the referee is buried here because he doesn't do it. This is—I—I I, I really don't even get on this referee too much. I know I've said some stuff about him, but he's not good. It—it's a case of a ref who walks into the match knowing who's supposed to win, and you know, I'm just. I'm just here to facilitate their win. You know, I know I'm supposed to count three when they get to it. Miami Sweet Heat is, you know, they get better and they get better. And they have begun to do some nice subtle things there. There was a point where uh, one of them was knocking, I think it was Crystal Waters' head into the turnbuckles. And the other, as Crystal Waters' head was being pushed turnbuckle to turnbuckle the other one put her knee just just slightly in the way so when she got down to the third one she popped her knee and not the turnbuckle well, I thought that was like that's brilliant but it's what is those subtle things like that that make the difference uh the Miami Sweet Heat also came out here without Star. I, I, I don't know what that's about necessarily as to why they're doing it because they didn't do it with the uh the tag team championships and and now they're not out there here I mean they they're trying to imply that they didn't need it at least the commentators are but that but that's it was absurd when they tried to tell that story in the title match specifically it was worse then here you could kind of buy it but yeah I was like where they I don't know where they're going with this with the uh lack of Lana Star, are the, are the twins on the island to themselves now Are they have they turned their back of, you know whatever the case may be but we'll see uh, the Heat's chemistry continues to get stronger um, I, I, I thought they were doing a, a fine job that they keep growing as a tag team they had a new finish I also had to point out that, well not point out to, I also had to make uh, note about that i I told us like i I love the finish and I love how it looks on t v that the angle that they they used to uh <laughs> to push the move I thought was really good The only real thing that I would have here as a uh, a point of note is there was a portion of the match where spring break twenty four seven looked like they were going to win and then you had Shore come in and not Sandy Shore. I'm sorry. Uh, Crystal Waters come in and break up the, the pinfall. So with that, you had the other twin come in, the blonde twin. We'll just say blonde and, and blonde and black, <laughs> so so I can get it get it get through this. So Blondie comes in and she gets Crystal Waters up, and this is the only thing that I can remember that like okay, that was a bit of a stretch. She picks her up and then she shoots her off and then Crystal Woods just basically just takes off and throws herself (laughs) through the second and third rope. Because there's no real reason for her to go through it other than the fact that that's what I'm supposed to do. (laughs) Any other time, like, she's doing this in the middle of the ring. It's not like she grabbed her by the scruff of her neck and grabbed her by the tights and then walked her and, you know, ran her there and threw her through the ropes. It was just a basic shoot-off. And from that, she just jumped through the ropes. I was like, okay, you know, that's probably something you should work on. You should at least look like you're trying to put this person outside of the ring. And I would probably put that more on Blondie than I would on Crystal Waters. Get up, grab her, and with some effort, throw her out of the ring. Don't make her look like as, as long as you put your hand on my back, I'll just take off and take a dive through the ropes. <laughs> so, but that's what it was. She got up, she grabbed her, gave her a push off, and she just took a dive right out through the ropes. Like, like okay, here we go, and I'm going to hop through. So that that was, I thought that was a little absurd. But getting back to the match, this is where Sandy Short comes in. She, takes, she tries to run in with a clothesline. She misses after a big wild swing. Blondie just slaps her across the face and then Deep Black gets up to the top rope and she comes off with a beautiful elbow drop across uh, Sandy Shore's upper chest, throat, you know, with that region. It was almost like, the old demolition move except it's coming from the top rope and with far more distance than Axe and Smash did. It was like the uh, decapitation. Uh, it, or like their version of the Vegematic that um, the Midnight Express did. And rather than using the leg, they they used the... Well, no, I can't say the Vegematic. I'm sorry. If the Vegematic, they would wrap their, their opponent's legs around the waist in order to get that. So replace that let's go back to to the decapitation because that's probably the more accurate description even though the heart foundation did that once too so yeah you got blondie She she's the setup woman she picks her up in sidewalk slam position deep black goes up to the top she comes off the, the top rope with the with the big elbow she soars through looks beautiful like i said the camera work on that particular move i thought was fantastic really illustrated the move comes down with the elbow, and at the same time it turns to a sidewalk slam, that should be their finish going forward. They should not change it. They should keep that finish. The one thing that I'm concerned with with Wow and when it comes to finishers is that they they flip and flop them a lot. You, gotta, you get a couple of them that stick to it, like Candy Crush. I think she still uses her superwoman punch, even though they name it something different. But, uh, yeah, this should be the one. That should be the move. She flew through the air, nailed her, and with ease they painted. So this match was, I felt, a needed win for Miami Sweet Heat. That was the first thing. Secondly, you know, they still present and look like stars to me. I think they just have gotten increasingly more comfortable with being Miami's Sweet Heat. And that, and I'm not mad at that. They, they just, they, they get better. I don't think the commentators do a good job for them at times, but you know the the match supersedes the commentary in this case. And they actually got mic time following this. They get on the mic and cut a promo. It's not going anywhere, but at least they got the chance to cut a promo. And quite honestly, Miami Sweet Heat. Has probably cut more promos on people and teams in the course of the year than most others in the wild, just in general. They have a very grating, vo- <laughs> grating voice on the microphone. But as a heel that's whining and complaining about how good they are and the Fabulous Four is the greatest and this and that, the grating voice works. It is the same scenario I say with chainsaw, if it was somebody else who was in the ring and uh green and not as experienced and whatnot, it would look bad, but because chainsaw is supposed to be some sort of maniac and un you know uncontrollable and well at least by most other people other than her sister. And uh, that she is just a rampaging monster. It works in her favor. Here, having a grating, whiny voice, as annoying as it may be just to hear on his own, works for them. So, bravo to Miami Sweet Heat. They did win the match, by the way. I'm sure you heard that, but I will repeat they won the match. Wild puts up a, another good graphic. You know, whoever's doing their graphics now, uh, bravo to that person as well pay them well and keep them on on payroll because this show could stand to use that and keep that uh the graphic that i'm talking about is promoting next week's episode um which would be uh uh, who who are they talking the tag team match that they were going to do their first championship defense the Tongans and they advertise a new wrestler for next weekend match lineup. And the new roster is going to be uh, uh what's that? Catarita Jinx. So, else here we go with those. But we'll wait, we will wait until we see her to pass judgment. Next segment is a video package on the Fabulous Four. Uh, this was a pretty much a heel self serving video, it's it just it didn't go anywhere, it fits the group, but it, it didn't really push. This is what we're doing. This is the person I'm after. This is, you know, what I, the next hurdle I have to overcome And that's why I say Wow has gotten really good at saying a lot of things but not really going anywhere with it and this is probably a prime example of that. It is it is like I said it's a it's a self-serving video. It is basically there for them to talk about the the glory of being part of the Fabulous Four. There was a subtle statement in in this video package. Now again, I don't know where if this is going anywhere. Wow, also has a habit of having things done and said that don't really mean much, even though on camera it can kind of catch your attention and it's not that big. But you know, maybe it's going somewhere, maybe it's not. And this is one of those moments—a subtle statement by Penelope Pink in the video, because everybody else in this video says that. They all have each other's back. We all have each other's back. The Fabulous Four has each other's back. Penelope Pink says everyone has my back as she has the championship over her shoulder. So the question there is that, is that leading to something? Is this the beginning of Penelope Pink being too big for the group or feeling like she's too big for the group or feeling like, they're supposed to be subservient to me. I'm the champion here. I'm, I still have the belt, and everybody else should be helping me hold it. It is the difference between the initial version of the Four Horsemen in '86, opposed to the later versions of the Four Horsemen, and say like '92 the mission statement may have changed. For those who don't know, like when the horsemen first got together, there was no real push to like, at all costs, we have to protect Ric Flair. It happened, but that was not the goal. The goal was, is that you had people who were viewed somewhat on equal status. Arn and Tully, Ole and Rick, you know, they all had championships at some point and they all maintained their lanes and they all were happy with that. But it wasn't a case of we've got the world championship and we're going to make sure it stays. Now, by the time you got to like 92, that was the almost the entire point of the horseman to rally around Ric Flair and keep him safe. And it was definitely that by the time it got to like 97 or 98, you know, that last one of the few last incarnations, Benoit, you know, the man who shouldn't be mentioned, Hillman, Arn and, and Rick, that their, their job was to make sure that Rick won however they did it. That's what that's the comparison here. Is this going to turn into the Fabulous Four now just being a uh support system for lack of you know fallen into purposes for Penelope Pink? Time will tell. We go into the main event. Chantilla Chela taking on Penelope Pink for, you know, the with Line Star for the Wild WOW Championship. Now, bear in mind, there aren't really a lot of things there that that uh push the I'm the number one contender or you've won the number one contendership. You don't really get that a lot in the wild. It You know, it has happened, but we don't really see that a lot. The person that gets the championship shot just gets the championship shot. However, I think that it would have been um, more efficient for them. And I'm not saying that this is the way that they should have done. I'm just saying that this is an add-on. They've already introduced the idea that Lana Starr said that, well, anybody that gets a title shot, I have to, you know, pick. That wasn't her verbiage, but you get the idea. And, of course, the old anybody that gets top shot has to go through Vicky Lynn, which we've already proven that that is absolutely not true. But here, it could have been Lana picking her because she has a bad record. Let's just be honest. Chantilla Cella. we're not talking Ray Lynn, but Chantilla is as good of a wrestler as I think that she is in the Wild Universe, has a bad win-loss record. That could have been the story. Lana Star saying, "Yeah, I picked it you know she has to defend the title once every thirty days or whatever cycle of you know legality that the Wild wants to institute, and she's like, "Well, yeah, you know then this is what I picked. I picked uh Chella. you know, I leapfrogged her to the front, so she gets she gets a championship match. It makes more sense that this is somebody that Lana Starr would pick. You know, underestimating her, and it's the Rocky story. It's, it's Apollo Creed picking Rocky because you know, hey, I don't have a challenger. I'm just gonna make me one. Picks Rocky. Get you know, he didn't. He didn't even. He didn't even earn a title shot. He just got it because Apollo Creed needed somebody to, to fight. He didn't take the match seriously, but Rocky did. That's the whole premise of the original movie. That should have been tossed in here. Penelope Pink didn't take the match seriously. Lana Starr doesn't take the match seriously, but Chanchella Chela Chella does because I don't know when I'm going to get another shot. I don't know when this is going to happen again. I didn't get a number one contendership. I didn't win that. They gifted me this, so I have to take advantage of it. I have no choice. That, that could have been the thing throughout the entire hour. Her prepping for her shot of a lifetime. Course they didn't want to do that because that's that's a little bit too much depth. And as I was told through the uh comments in one of these, the wow is presented for people who don't want a lot of depth in their wrestling, and I love that comment. I love that comment because it's absolutely true. The Carlson twins sat in on commentary, and Penelope Pink opens up the match by throwing the jacket in Chella's face, nice heel work she's another one that's really really coming into her own too penelope pink and i know that that did not begin there she's one of those wrestlers that Wild picked up and who was able to hit the ground running she had enough time and effort as marina tucker on the independence and she still works the independence by the way she hasn't gotten herself so big that she's like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, she, she still works Independence. And she's built herself up. And the relationship between uh, Tucker and the, and the Carlson twins is not just manufactured for a while. It's Miami Sweet Heat and Penelope Pink is a result of the Carlson twins and Marina Tucker having worked together elsewhere in Florida. Uh, and then, you know, Chantelle does the normal thing. She gets up, she throws her cape towards Dave McClain and, you know, hey guys, this is Kate. cape. Wow, you know, and they do all that stuff. I still want to know who they have in the back that sits down with a marker and makes all these signs for everybody because I, I refuse to believe that everybody that comes with a sign all has very similar handwriting. <laughs> but, you know, you do what you have to do. And, and not just all similar handwriting, but they all got to like the same size. Was, you know, they don't even get a different size poster board or nothing. So, before the match begins, we got Lana Starr coming out leading Penelope Pink, who also comes out with Vicky Lynn McCoy. The Carlson twins are sitting at ringside at the commentating booth. So, whereas the thoughts that, hey, guys, you know, our, our people are so tough that they don't need me at ringside, which is absolute crap <laughs> for the tag title match. Nobody was out there at ringside. Now the entire team is at ringside to make sure that Penelope Pink is watched. Uh, even though we know that Shella won't win, this match is enjoyable. Is an enjoyable match. I said before that Chella is a you know a utility player there, and there's nothing wrong with that. She's probably one of the more experienced girls there. She's worked with a lot of them up and down the card. This match should have just been a thank you match. Just having her in the main event, it should have been. Hey, look, you know this, this is uh, you done a great job here. We want to put you in the main event. Want to have you not just in the main event, you know, wrestling for the championship and see if that helps increase the profile of Chantilla Chella. I, I thought they did very well together, quite honestly. Chella and Pink, I thought they, they had a, a fair amount of chemistry here and. Unlike some of those other moments where I was like, hey, you know, there's a there's a subtle nuance. You didn't do this or you didn't do that. Not like I'm some sort of wrestling trainer, so don't so take it with a grain of salt. But uh yeah, unlike some of those other things, they feel very complete. And I have to say, I think Pink's seated second rope German suplex, nice move. Very nice move. And not only is it a nice move, it allows her to go outside with the confidence that I've knocked this person out and, and jawjacked with the fans. You know, and meanwhile, you got Chella getting up and she gets on the apron and she comes off with like a Thes press from the from the apron and delivers like a series of punches to Penelope Pink. Uh Lots of I want to say move and counter move, but you know, misdirection, move, counter move, all that good stuff. It 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 felt like the Rocky story that I was just describing. Like I even though it was not the legitimate story of the show, it felt like Chella was in the fight. Like I, you know, this is the chance of my life. I gotta go for this. At least at times to me. You can comment. Elsewhere, if you or in the comment section, if you uh, felt differently, she played the underdog very well here because she is smaller than most of the people there. Uh, specifically, she's smaller than the champion in this environment. The commentators sound like they were trying to instigate problems to Miami Sweet Heat for losing since they were there at at, uh, at ringside, the commentating booth. Again, is this going to be the lead into problems within the group? If it is, I mean, that's fine. I just don't like when they do things and it doesn't go anywhere. So hopefully it will take some direction. Chantella Chela sells very well. Like she takes a big hit and she goes down, she crumples and you know, and it, it's not just I take this hit and I immediately pop back up. No, she she sells it for a little while there. Like, oh, my God, that hurt. You know, it, it, it's that type of thing. And I thought, oh, you know, she – this is why I felt like she does a, a fair job here. And I don't – I would like to see her get some opportunity elsewhere. And I'm not saying, you know, screw wow and leave it, but it would be nice if she did get some sort of opportunity someplace in – it's almost I would say it's a shame, but it's, it, you know it's, it's, it's almost a shame that she has not had the chance to be in a, let's say, an impact in their knockouts division or the NWA, you know, in their new women's division, and, and so on and so forth. But Anyway, back to the match. Both Vicky Lynn and Lana Starr out there, and they're cheating now. Again, you know, it, it it kind of is. It's not weird to see them cheat, but that they needed to do it for Ray Lynn, but they wouldn't Ray Lynn. Sorry, that's her indie name for Chantilla Chela, but not do that against the Tonga Twins is kind of absurd to me. But you know, at the same time, you also have to take into account if we're going to look at this in K kayfabe universe. This is our last championship. This is the only one we got left. So we got to do everything that we can to protect it. So, in that regard, it does make sense. Uh, <clears throat> Lana Starr, much better as a man. You know, she, she's another one who's gotten better and better as the years go on. She's, she was, I'm, a, God damn, I, it's, it's hes- I'm hesitant to say decent as a wrestler. She she tried, you know. She she tried, and I, and I don't think that she did that long enough as a wrestler for me to really give that kind of assessment. She was she certainly was willing to endure the punishment, at, at, at least in a wild wow environment. She was willing to take the bump. So I don't want to discount what she was willing to do for the benefit of the show. But, you know, her best role here is being the role of the manager, the lead, you know, operating the fab the fabulous four. And I am so glad. I don't know who spoke to the managers here. Sophia Lopez, Samantha Smart, Lana Starr. I don't know who spoke to them, but I'm glad that whoever did it did it. That hey, you at Ringside, you're always active. You're talking, you're moving, you, you're emoting, you're, you're happy that you're, your person's winning, you're mad that they're losing, you're scared that they're getting too close to losing. All those things have to be emoted and related every second that you're out there at ringside. It always has to be you're invested in the match. And Vicky Lynn also deserves credit because she's like that too. She She was always invested in that match. And there was a point in there, and I love that she was, <laughs> I absolutely love that she was willing to do, like, you knew it wasn't the finish, but she saw Chantilla Chela getting close to winning and like, oh, I got to get in the ring. She, and she grabs the ropes and she was about to pull herself in and like, whoo, okay. And she goes, didn't get in there, but she did the gesture. She did enough of the gesture to look like, I am got to get in here and stop this before we lose that belt. Fortunately, you know, of course, Penelope Pink wins. She—I forget what they call it, but it was—it's was like a reverse float over uh, neckbreaker, and she wins one, two, three. So she gets it, and after the Fab Four—I mean, excuse me—after Penelope Penelope Pink wins, all members of the Fab Four get in. She has to, you know, the belt—they're holding it up. They—they they do their thing. We're, we're the Fabulous Four, and then, you know, everybody's posing and standing together for the group. Shot. I'm sure there was a photographer there at ringside for the way that they were positioned. I, I am positive somebody was there like, get let's, let's get the cameras out. Uh, and as they're doing that, they do the whole, uh, we're pointing and we're number one and all that stuff. And then the camera cuts to the Beast. The Beast is doing the sting deal from Back in the day with WCW, he used to hang out in the rafters looking down at the at Hollywood Hogan and the NWO. Well, of course, there's no rafters, but there's the balcony, and it's a good shot. She's up there. She's staring down. It's like she's staring daggers into the entire group, and it's, she doesn't have to say a word. She doesn't have to say a word because the story is there. I have been highly critical of how they have angled the Beast. I thought that them having a leg break after a leg break, or excuse me, an ankle break after an ankle break, was entirely stupid. I've been exceptionally critical of that. It was a hat on the hat, unnecessary. But the Beast here, and ever since she's come back, I mean, in the subtle things that she's done, I feel like she is being presented as a, as a star. And I hope that they maintain that. I hope that she's able to keep doing it. And I hope that they position her path with a quality payoff. That's the, the, the route that I would like to see with them with, with this. Whether they do it or not, we will find out. But I would like to see that it's getting there. It's, we're, we're, we're forging a path for, because let's face it, ultimately they are doing this to get the the championship back. I said that a year ago when they dropped it, that I hope they weren't just taking the belt off of her so that when she gets better, they hand it right back. If she gets it back, that's great. But I do not think that the story for other people chasing that championship is over with quite yet. I don't even know if I would put the belt back on the beach right now. I I don't think that she needs it at this point. I think her ultimate angle should be the attempt to get the belt back, but being derailed against the person who took her career away. This is one of those moments where it means more than the belt. You don't get many of those in wrestling all the time. But every once in a while, you get the angle that means more than the championship. And that's what that should be. It, it should mean more than that. Cha- and I know that I'm sure if Dave McClain hears me saying that, that it'd be like a cardinal sin. Nothing means more than a wild championship. I'm sure that he would feel that way. But there are times. Even the best promotions. Even the best of them. there is There are times when there is something that supersedes the title. Personal issues. This is a personal issue. You have someone who snapped this woman's ankle, allegedly, with a pipe and took her career away from her. Not just her career, you know, what, 10 months of her career, an ankle injury, and her championship. Those are the things she got from that. So it should mean more than that. This is like this. You can get I'll get another title shot, but that person I've got to get even with. And that's what it should be leading to. Uh, you know, I would I would forge that a little little differently, but you know, hey. Um before we wrap this up, there are two things that I was asked that I would like to address. You know, every once in a while, I get a question from somebody, whether that be at work or they'll send me an a email or a comment. So <laughs> somebody asked me about Joy and Grace's uh, evolving physique, because apparently that's been talked about by a number of people on uh, YouTube. I saw like two or three YouTube channels that, that had it. And uh, they're like, well, do you think that she's uses steroids? Um, my short answer is, yeah, Probably. By all accounts, most of what she's doing, I mean, listen, there's a difference between training for bulk and training for definition, so there's a possibility that that is not steroids, but if there's any telltale sign, in my opinion, and I will put that disclaimer there before I say anything, in my opinion, if there's any telltale signs that she has any sort of enhancement that's going into her body, it's her voice. It is like somebody just popped her right in the throat or she just swallowed rocks or something. That is not the same voice that you know she had even a year ago. Her jawline is so defined now. Now, keep in mind a lot of that comes from the fact that she trains now not just for wrestling but she trains for uh, bodybuilding. That's become the thing for her, and it's been a long journey for her. Because when I first met her, she was she was she wasn't big, but she certainly wasn't like the thick mama pump before she got to this point either. And before then, she was a little chunky, <laughs> so so she's had a, a a complete turn. People talk about her change of physique now, but she you know she wasn't always she wasn't round, but she you know she's been through a constant evolution. So. My personal opinion and my educated guess is that, yeah, she probably is putting something in her body. But at the same time, there's only two people on this planet that need to be concerned about that. Her and her husband. That's it. She is married. Uh, I was going to say... I was about to give you the wrong name, I was about to say Cedric Alexander. That is way off. Uh, Jonathan Gresham, former Ring of Honor uh, World Champion. Jonathan Gresham is her husband. And that's the only person outside of Jordan Grace that should be concerned about that. That, You know, that's, that's it. If he is okay with that, if he is comfortable with that, and he's good with his wife, you know, doing that, and her constant change of body structure, then you know, what else What else can be said? He's happy, then I'm happy for him. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. But the short answer, yes, probably. She's probably putting something on her physique. But, you know, hey. Impact doesn't care. The, the, the bodybuilding association that she's competing for either doesn't care or doesn't test. You know? <laughs> and so, hey, she might not be. She might be clean as a whistle. You never know. I doubt it, but you never know. The other question was, how did I get involved in pro wrestling? And I'll just shorten this out to say that a lot of that was when I went to school for broadcasts, I ran into another student who was into wrestling. And they had mock-up studios there. That was the first time I started I was always a fan. <clears throat> but um, that was my first leg into wrestling. And, and it wasn't like I just jumped in and I got into somebody's promotion. It was, this was over the course of a couple of years. That, but that was the first... Uh, leg of that, because once we hooked up together, um, we did a radio show, just a mock radio show for uh, a grade, and it was a wrestling show. Uh, they had a full studio there, you know. You just all I had to do was just like record the audio bites that I wanted and get some sound effects out of the library. And then we just, you know, we put together the show and we did the show live to the, you know, to the uh, class. And uh, that kind of got the ball rolling. The the second half of that is uh, another friend of mine who was doing a political show at the time, and he wanted me on there to give an entertainment report. And I would do the entertainment report segment, but he introduced me to what was Blog Talk Radio. And at the time, Blog Talk Radio, you could do like two hours of that show for free. First hour was live, second hour was fully recorded. But if you downloaded it, you 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 had a full two-hour set and uh, I started doing that and I would just contact some of the wrestlers and I would ask them if they wanted to be on the show and I found that the women were at that time more uh, willing to get on the show because they they didn't have a lot of outlets and they wanted to get their name out they they all were like yeah sure you know I I would say 9 out of 10 of them were like yeah great yeah I'd, I'd love to and they would call in and we'd do the show so that was largely how I got into it. Now, as far as me getting to the camera work and all that stuff, uh, I was already trained for that and I was working in a TV station. <clears throat> and then I started doing on camera interviews and then one uh, to Russell Pandora specifically. Uh, if you go back on my channel, you can see who she is. And I know she has some controversies with, with certain people, but I got to give credit where it's due. But anyway, um, when I went to interview her and Nina Monet, who you now know as Siren the Voodoo Doll, yes, she was here as her tag team partner at the time, and that was long before she found the Voodoo character, or persona. persona. Uh, Pandora, after she did the, the interview, which really was not an interview, she just basically cut a promo because she could never sit and talk as her real self. She, always, she was always in character. And when I was done She asked me Hey Would you mind Recording the match And uh, I didn't have time I had to go to work That night But I told her Like look Give me a heads up On your next show And I'll see about that But she asked Because she's like No one records Anything that we do And at that time That was the truth Even You know No one recorded The matches The promoters Didn't do it Or at least The ones that were here I'm not gonna say No one recorded But yeah The promoters Didn't do it Because they didn't Feel like it was there was any value in it. The value that they were looking for was the ticket sales. And if you happened to get the match, then it was fine. But I came in and I had a professional camera and set up. So when I started shooting that, then I was asked to come and do the next one. And then it was, well, I'm going to this promotion next, not the other. So I started off for like, uh, what was it? Uh, Southern, I think it was Southern Fried for southern for Pride Championship Wrestling then it moved over to Intervert I can't even say the word Universal uh, Independent Wrestling and then it just kind of sold us for, carried on from there and then I was uh, asked ultimately at the end by, I think about my fifth indie promotion of producing videos for the ladies I was asked to do the entire show for atlanta wrestling entertainment for a brief period of time and then that turned into me going to all pro championship wrestling for robert gibson who i worked out a barter agreement with him so yeah i mean that was probably a little longer than what i meant but that was it that's how i got into it and i just kind of you know there there are spots in that that i'm overlooking or skipping over but that's that's it in a nutshell that's how i started that So there we go folks That's the entirety of the uh, review I appreciate you tuning in And listening to My take Of what WoW is And what WoW has done And where it's going And and the review And hopefully We will continue to do this And do this again For the next episode And we will see how good that is When we get to it So on that note This is Mr. Green Your host Saying that this is Mr. Green And And We will see you on the next go-round. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.